What's going on? What's going on, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. It is November 20th. Welcome in. We got pretty decent-sized show for you guys today. Going to be talking about multiple quarterbacks and quarterback situations in the NFL. After we talk about that, got a couple of big stories in the NBA. Talking about the Celtics and their surprise start. I'm talking about the Rockets and what they got going on. And finally, the big story from last week is the signing of Carmelo Anthony. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. But first, I'm going to start out with three quarterback stories out of the NFL and because, I mean, quarterbacks have been the story all season long. The first quarterback that I want to touch on is Cam Newton. I just think that Cam Newton is a guy who really, you know, he still has got a lot of time left, but I think that his time in Carolina is over with and that he's done being a Panther and that he really needs to move on. I think for both sides, it would probably be smart for them to move on. They do have Kyle Allen for the time being, but he's not necessarily a long-term answer. If you know what I'm saying, he's not there to be just like trans, he's just kind of like a transition guy. He's not leading you to Super Bowl, getting you to playoffs. When he's not going to do any of that, he's just there to help you get through this tough season that it was for the Carolina Panthers. Because I mean, they got Christian McCaffrey, so let's not act like they don't have anybody around them. They got Christian McCaffrey, who is an absolute monster. So don't be shocked if Carolina looks to the draft this year for a quarterback. They could. I mean, I could see them looking to draft somebody. Trying to think where they'd finish, probably somewhere in like the late the early teens, something like that. So, I mean, they could look for some guys there. But, I mean, let's, let's just let's take a look at Kyle Allen's season. Stone for about 1,900 yards, only 10 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. All of those 9 interceptions have come in the past four weeks, including four interceptions last week. The Panthers are 5-3 and three with him, but they've lost three out of four. So, clearly, he's not their guy. He cooked a little bit in the beginning, had a nice, strong start that made people question whether or not Cam Newton should come back. I don't think that the way that he's been playing recently means that Cam needs to come back. I just think that they need to go another way and that Kyle Allen's not the piece. So, the story here that I want to talk about, it's not Kyle Allen. It's I want to talk about Cam Newton. So, where does Cam go? Because I still think that he can play at a high level. I like Cam. I like his ability. He can run the ball really well. Can throw the ball pretty well. And I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl, so it's not like he's had no success. He's had success in this league before, and he knows what it's like. Didn't win the Super Bowl, but he got there, so he knows the feeling of success. He's 30 years old, so he's got some years left. I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady playing another 17. Which, I mean, just quick side note, can we just talk about the fact that at this point, Kim Noon's 30, at this point, Tom Brady... I mean, at 30, considering playing 7... Can you imagine Cam Newton playing 17 more years if he were to reach like Tom, what Tom Brady wants to do? I mean, that's just nuts. So, anyway, Cam Newton, 30 years old, got some years left, and, you know, he did say that he's willing to be traded, so it seems that both sides are kind of, you know, in agreement, like, we want to move off of you, and he's not really bitter about it. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll be willing to move on. You guys can trade me. We'll see what's going on. I... I don't see him going to a team like the Dolphins or the Bengals because they're probably looking to draft somebody. So I don't think that Cam's want to go to a team that you know doesn't have a ton of great pieces for them. I think that he wants to go somewhere 
where, you know, they're eh, they're average. They need a better quarterback to elevate the team is where I see Cam Newton landing. And someone that, you know, Carolina could get some decent returns. They're not going to trade them and get a third-round pick and a special teams guy. They're probably going to want a second-rounder, maybe a first, and a decent role guy. I don't think they're going to be looking to get any, like, all-star Pro Bowl-type talent for him. But who knows? I'm not Carolina. I don't know what they're going to want for him. So where do I see Cam Newton landing? I could see him in Chicago. And that's being because I'm not a huge fan of the quarterback, and that's my next story. So give me just a second. I'll get right to that. But they need a leader, a quarterback. They need someone who can lead this team, somebody who can play well, and someone who can extend plays. And time is ticking for this team. Because pretty soon this defense going to quit. They got a great defense. I mean, they have Khalil Mack. That alone makes a defense great. So I like their defense, but they're going to quit on this team pretty soon if their offense doesn't produce. Because they're going to say, hey, listen, we're playing our hearts out. We're doing what we can. We're holding teams to 10, 17 points, something like that. And you guys can't get us past that point. I mean, we're done. We're, we're going to want out. So time is ticking. And they got nice offensive pieces. I mean, I like Trey Burton, but obviously he's hurt right now. I think Tariq Cohn is going to be the next Darren Sproles short guy who can catch the ball, return the ball, run the ball. He can do it all. I really like Tariq Cohn. Devin Montgomery has potential to break out next year if they have the right quarterback and is able to distribute the ball and can, you know, be a threat back there. Allen Robinson can catch the ball well. And we've seen flashes from Taylor Gabriel. Wouldn't be surprised if Chicago tries to go after a receiver at some point early on in the draft to add to that core. So I think that Chicago is the ideal situation for Cam. If I'm Carolina, I'm going to want to deal him to Chicago. Does he stay in the NFC? Yes, but it's not within the division, so you know, you're not going to play him twice a year, so you don't have to be super, super worried about it. So for me, if I'm Carolina, if I want to move on from Cam, which is looking like they do, if I'm Cam Newton and I want to move on from Carolina and I'm willing to be traded, I mean, I don't know if Chicago is going to be on Cam Newton's list of teams. I think it should be. I think that there's a lot of potential for Cam Newton to be successful and to work hard and potentially get them to the playoffs. So Chicago for me would be the ideal and the perfect place for Cam to go. And that allows me to transition into my next point in the NFL, which is the topic of Mitchell Trubisky and how I think that his time is over in Chicago. Now look, from the start, Mitchell Trubisky's time in Chicago has always been questioned, and a lot of people were not big on the move, to be honest with you. I I, I don't really understand. Like, looking at it, I still don't get why they did it. So, for me, I think that it's just officially time for Chicago to just admit that they messed up on the Mitchell Trubisky trade and stop trying to ride it out like, you know, oh, he's going to break out next year. Or, you know, we did this. Just stop. He's not the answer for this team. Just move on. Admit that you were wrong. Go ahead. Teams mess up. You're not going to nail every draft. Because if you were, if a team, if it, every single team nailed every single draft, there would be no fun because it would be a tie in the NFL every week because it means that you're just nailing all your top draft picks. It's fine. Admit it. You were wrong. So far this season, entering week 12, he's thrown under 1,600 yards, only 9 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. And he's only missed one game with an injury, so it's not like he's missed 5 or 6 games. And no, he's missed one game. So, so don't act like that. 
that's some good stat line. And as a matter of fact, last week on Sunday night, he was benched at the end for Chase Daniel. And I think we can all agree that Chase Daniel is not the future for this team. And the benching, they said that there was like a hip pointer injury. No, stop it. Stop. There was no hip pointer injury. I don't care what you say. If it's, you know, if it's that serious, then go to the locker room. Don't just stand on the sideline. No, there was no hit pointer. It was a close game at that moment. Keep them in. If you trust them, you keep them in. So I just think that that was just a cover-up. And, like, just look at your team. Like, the earlier that you admit that you messed up, the better off you'll be. Because if the Bears try to continue to play it like he's their guy, they're going to get nowhere just be an average team at best. They're not going to be anything special. Yeah, sure. You made the playoffs last season. So what? And oh, we lost on the double doink. I don't care. You made it to the playoffs. If you're that good of a quarterback, don't put it on your kicker, who's had issues in the past, to win the game for you. Don't do that. Okay? So I don't care that you made it to the playoffs. Bottom line is, you lost. So Chicago, just admit it. You reached for a quarterback who should not have been taken that high. He should not have. I don't care. I mean, you look at the other draft. Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, those guys. Why didn't you go for those guys? They were probably better prospects coming out of the college than Mitchell Trubisky was anyway. So I don't understand why you traded up for him. So go ahead. Come out and say it. You benched him. It's fine. I think at this point, if I'm a fan of the Bears, I would rather have the team come out this week and say, we're going with Chase Daniel. Mitchell Trubisky is no longer our guy. Then have them play Mitch Trubisky every week. I have to watch the same thing over and over again. And these losses and the frustration of the team. Just come out and say it. Fans will be happier. Move on from him. Mitchell Trubisky is not your guy. Go get Cam Newton. He is miles ahead of Mitchell Trubisky now than I think that Mitchell Trubisky will ever be in this league. I think that Cam Newton at 30 years old, is way better than Trubisky will be in his prime. Which is probably right now, which is why he's no good for them, because he's not playing well, and this may be the best that we'll see him. I could be wrong, but I'm not seeing anything that's showing signs of improvement or Mitchell Trubisky getting any better. And I'm sure that Chicago would love to have Cam Newton. I mean, absolutely love to have him. Cam Newton, yeah, it'll be colder for him, but I think that Chicago would embrace him and just love to have a guy like Cam Newton in the locker room. So Chicago, go get him. Because if you don't, this team's going to quit on your quarterback very soon. They're going to grow continually frustrated with how the team is playing and how the offense is functioning because you have Mitchell Trubisky back there. They're going to grow tired of it. Guys are going to want out because you're not going to be winning because the defense is doing their job and the offense is not doing what they need to do. So Chicago, come up to the press conference, schedule something, some emergency press conference, and say something along the lines of, we're going with Chase Daniel the rest of the season, Mitchell Trubisky has been benched, and we'll evaluate the quarterback situation at the end of the season. Because that's what you need to do if you're Chicago. I'm sorry. And I don't mean to sound super harsh on Mitchell Trubisky, but you got to move on. Can't have him at quarterback anymore. If you want to be successful in this league, Chicago, you got to move on. Go get Cam Newton. If you don't want to go get Cam Newton, try to get somebody else like a Teddy Bridgewater who there's been some arguments whether or not New Orleans is going to want to keep him. And if you can't get either of those guys or if there's no quarterback on the market that is going to you know, 
be successful or give you the playing ability that you want. Look in the draft. And I'm being serious, okay? If you're Chicago, you got to get a new quarterback. You have to. Mitchell Trubisky is not your guy. If I'm Chicago, go get Cam Newton because his team's going to quit. And if you continue to go with Mitchell Trubisky, your team will be mediocre at best, 8-8, and 7-9, something like that. you got to move on. So, like I said, clearly the theme of my NFL stories this week is the focus on the quarterbacks. So let me stick with that for my final NFL topic. And the topic is the play of Lamar Jackson this season, who has been playing out of his mind this year. I mean, he's been the story of the league, and I don't think there's been a week gone by, not even the bye week, where people like don't talk about Lamar Jackson. It's incredible what this guy is doing. He's throwing the ball extremely well, and his running has been insane. And he just he's the talk of the town, talk of the league, and a story after every time that he plays the game. No matter what he does, somebody, somewhere, talking about Lamar Jackson on national media. And the funny part in it, and maybe even the scary part for the rest of the league, is that he's only 22 years old. He's young, and he's a baby in this league. But he's lighting it up, and has already beaten Tom Brady in his career this season. And it wasn't even close. It was a blowout. He blew out New England. And that defense, who has been historically good this year, and I mean historically good, they've been putting up absurd numbers, and it's something that's been really entertaining to watch if you're a fan of New England and how good their defense is doing. So, Lamar Jackson's been the talk of the town. Like I said, super young guy, which makes it even more scarier than you could think. I mean, he's not like, you know, 27, 28 years old and doing this. He's 22. He's two years older than I am. I don't think I could be doing this in the league. So let's just look into the stats a little bit and where they currently sit. So the Ravens currently are 8-2 this season, which is good enough to be the two-seed in the AFC. And if they finish with the same record as New England, they'll be the one-seed because they beat New England this year. So the Ravens are fighting to be the top-seed in the AFC, currently sit at number two with an 8-2 record. And statistically, he's thrown for 2,250 yards, a little bit more, 19 touchdowns, and only 5 interceptions. But here's the crazy stat that he's putting up. It's his rushing. Lamar Jackson has rushed for 788 yards and 6 touchdowns. And here's a stat that I saw that kind of blew my mind a little bit. When you look at it where he puts them in terms of yards rushing, he'd be a top 10 rusher right now. He's a top 10 rusher as a quarterback. As a quarterback, he's a top 10 rusher. I mean, that is just absurd and nuts to think about. And I'm going to give you a couple of guys that he's rushed for more yards this season. And this, this, this is where it gets really crazy. So here's just a couple guys that Lamar Jackson has rushed more yards than. Carlos Hyde, his own teammate Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones, Matt Breda, Todd Gurley, Jordan Howard, Joe Mixon. That's just some of the starters that he's outrushed so far this year as a quarterback which is just an absurd... I mean, those are some big-name guys. Those are guys who can get you 100, 150 yards a game on a given night. So just think about that. I mean, that's nuts what he's been able to do rushing-wise. And he's a quarterback, so like I said, it's just it's crazy. So a lot of people are comparing him to Mike Vick and think that he has potential to be the next Mike Vick, if not better. 
I mean, Vic has been on Fox Sports 1 multiple times talking about him, talking about Mike Vick's accomplishments, which, you know, no one has even thought could be broken, and saying, like, yeah, I mean, this kid's got a chance to break my records. Quoting Mike Vick, I mean, not exactly quoting, but he's he's said that, you know, Lamar Jackson has potential to do that. And the, the thing about it is that it's not just stats that he's doing. Like, he's not just putting up these numbers, but his team is, you know, average or below average. The team is winning. And that's what people need to realize, is that he's not just a statistics guy. He's a winner, too. Because we've seen people put up great numbers, absurd numbers, on losing teams, losing efforts, and just kind of like, eh, so what? He's, he, I mean, he plays well, but his team can't win. Lamar Jackson is winning. Now, do I think that's going to be like this every year? No. I mean, I don't think that Lamar Jackson will be able to put up these numbers and also put up an 8-2 and two record consistently. But this season, it's been absolutely special. And being that he's as young as he is, it means that he has years to improve and get better on top of what he's already doing. So just think, just let that sink in. He's rushing for, he's probably going to be close to 1,000 yards. But, I mean, he's not going to do this every year. He's going to eventually have to slow down and realize, I can't be rushing 1,000 yards a season because that's not going to be good for my team. But, I mean, he's got room to improve. And I think that, He's already got the rushing down, so that means he's going to improve his throwing ability. And if he can get some solid receivers, I mean, watch out. His receivers are, I mean, he's got Hollywood Brown, who I think has a chance to be a star in this league. And he's got, I mean, Willie Sneed. He's got the tight end, Mark Andrews, who's been one of his go-to guys. So he's got some weapons, but if they can get another solid weapon there, just watch out. And I'm not the biggest Ravens fan, but Lamar Jackson is fun to watch. And he's great for the league. And he's great for ratings. Could I see him in the Super Bowl this year? I very well could. I mean, they are playing some of the best football I've seen. The only thing that I've heard talked about is that they would most likely have to face New England again. And it is very, very difficult to beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady twice in a season. Very hard to do. And they, with the way that the season's going, if it continues in this trend, they'd have to go up to New England and I don't know if they're up to that task yet. It'll be difficult. But man, just imagine that AFC Championship game. New England, Baltimore in New England. What a fun one to be. So could I see them in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl? Well, that's to be seen for my podcast next week. Now I want to transition into this and the NBA and what I've seen going around the league. And I want to start off with a surprise. Or at least in my opinion what I think is a surprise. That's the start of the Boston Celtics and what they're doing. So currently, as we speak, they are on top of the East with an 11-2 record, which is very, very impressive and not where I thought that they would be at this point in time in this season. I thought that they'd be middle of the pack, lower level, maybe 6-7 seed, something like that. Certainly did not think that they'd be this well to start off. And, I mean, they've had beaten a decent number of teams in the playoff run which is impressive. So it's not like they're beating a bunch of teams that are ranked like the Warriors this year, because as we all know, they're terrible, or that they played like the Knicks the whole time or just a bunch of Cavs games. Like, no, they played some decent teams. Now, I mean, it is early. So, like, for instance, the Hornets are currently the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs, but we all know that will drop. And so, you know, it's kind of tough to say, like, They've beaten playoff teams because the Hornets aren't going to be a playoff team. But they've been teams with the likes of 
the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Mavericks. And those are all very respectable teams and teams that have played well and are probably going to be in the playoffs, if not at least a playoff hunt. And the funny part about this team is that it's pretty similar to last year. Like, they have a pretty decent, similar-looking team. Coach is back, obviously. Same core, same kind of structure and build. They did lose Al Horford to the Sixers, but I haven't really like seen a drop-off in terms of big men and the play in the paint, so I don't really think that they're missing Horford as much as we maybe thought that they would miss Al Horford. And the big change was the change at point guard, and they lost somebody that I really do not think they are missing at all in Kyrie Irving. So let's just let's just look at some stats. So 13 games into last season, which is where the Celtics are now, 13 games into the season, with Kyrie Irving, they were seven and six. This year, the Nets with Kyrie Irving, 13 games in, are five and eight. And he can ball. Like, don't get me wrong. He can ball out. He's got what I think are the best handles in the league. But I think that it's really starting to look like you got to question his leadership as a point guard and what he's able to do in terms of leading the team. Because stats are not really favoring him to say that he's a good leader. Now, the Nets are missing Kevin Durant, who obviously is a huge, huge piece to be missing if you're the Brooklyn Nets. And he's out all year, so we're not going to get to see him this year. Unless by some miracle they're like planning to make a deep playoff run and he thinks he sells, but I don't think they're going to force anything regardless of where they end up this year. But I think that that's going to get really interesting next year to see those two together. A lot of people think that they're going to mesh well. I think that they might clash a little bit and, you know, have arguments over who's taking the last shot. Because we, we did think, well, we did think that the Warriors were going to have issues with who's going to take the last shot, but it worked out for them clearly. But I think that Kyrie Irving is just a different breed mentally than Steph Curry and a Clay Thompson. So that's to be seen. Now, last season, with D'Angelo Russell at point guard, the Nets were at 6-7. and seven. It's not good. It's not a great record. It's sub-500. But better than they are with Kyrie Irving. They were better at this point in the season with D'Angelo Russell than they were with Kyrie Irving. So, what does that say about Kyrie Irving? I mean, th- there's a lot to discuss here about Kyrie and what he's doing. I'm going to let that just settle. I just, I, I, I didn't mean to go on a little side rant about Kyrie Irving because this topic supposed to be about the Celtics. But I just had to throw out those stats there because they lost Kyrie, got Kemba, and they're looking a heck of a lot better than they did with Kyrie Irving. But the Kyrie Irving discussion is, is for another time, another podcast. And I, I do want to see where it is going and give it a few weeks before I really just slam on to Kyrie Irving because I don't want to bash him completely if, you know, they're 5-8. and eight. I don't want to come out and say he's not their guy. He's a bad teammate and all this stuff. And then have them win 7 or 8 straight and they're above 500 in the playoff on. And then I look bad. So I want to give it another, probably about another month or so. See where they're standing then. And then I'll really get into the Kyrie Irving. So back to the back to the Celtics discussion. They're looking really good. Kemba Walker's averaging 23 points and 5 assists. Tatum's at 20 points and 7 rebounds. Jalen Brown is playing really well. Got that big contract. A lot of people questioned it. He's showing that he does deserve money. And I think he's playing really well. And Gordon Hayward is not quite to where he was with the Utah Jazz. But he's looking a lot like him old self. And he's starting to get back into that. Obviously last year, coming off the injury, 
A lot of people were not happy with the way that he played, and he wasn't doing too well. But Goran Hayward is starting to look like him old self again, which could be huge for this Boston Celtics team down the stretch if he can be that way. The only thing for me is I'm not sure how long the success will And when I say success, I mean the one seed. I still think that they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to like drop off unless there's a couple injuries, Gordon Hayward gets hurt again or something happens to Jason Tatum, something like that. So when I say that I'm not sure how long the success will be kept up, I mean being the one seed in the East. But for what they're doing now and the schedule that they've had, I can only tip my hat to the Boston Celtics. They started out great. They're playing well. They're looking a lot better without Kyrie Irving and with Kemba Walker there. They're not really missing out Horford a whole lot. Jason Tatum's balling out. Jalen Brown's balling out. Gordon Hayward's doing his thing. And like I said, Kemba Walker's leading this team. And they're looking really good. So for the time being, the Eastern Conference of the NBA, got to be careful. Got to watch out. Let me make a point. Their first loss of the season was to the Philadelphia Sixers, who I'm very high on. Not going to touch on them this podcast. We'll probably touch on them next week. Excuse me. Start going to touch on them next week's podcast just making that point boston celtics i tip my hat to you you guys are playing really well keep doing your thing and it'll be interesting to see where they finish in terms of the eastern conference rankings now let me talk about the houston rockets and what they are doing because unlike a lot of people i was very high on them i still am got them as a top three team in the west is where i think that they'll finish and they are playing some exceptional basketball right now if I ever had the chance, because he's not high enough, I would love to go on the Colin Coward show and just argue about the Rockets with him all day. Because I love this team. And I love what they're doing. He doesn't think that they're very well. He doesn't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, which is just blasphemous to even say that. Because the Rockets are going to be a very good team. So let me just touch on them and what they're doing and where they currently sit with the Western Conference. So currently, they're the second best team in the West as we speak. They're the number two seed in the West. They're playing some great basketball, and it's actually entertaining to watch. Like, it's not just, oh, they're coming out here, like, they're winning games. But no, they are a fun team to watch. If you haven't called a Houston Rockets game, go watch because you'll love what you're seeing. They are riding an eight-game win streak right now with their latest win being on Monday against Portland. So they're, they've won eight straight games, and they're currently riding that win streak. So who knows? what that will extend to or how many more they'll get and they'll ride out this current win streak. And what they're doing is impressing many people and definitely, you know, they're doing better than experts and other people thought they would do and it's shocking others. There's plenty of people who thought that they'd struggle early, not be successful. They thought, you know, Harden and Westbrook were really going to not mesh well even though they've already played together before. Thought that there's going to be different issues with them and, you know, maybe a guy like Clint Capella doesn't play his best or, you know, Eric Gordon isn't happy with his role, something like that. But no, they're playing well. And I was not one of those people that thought they'd struggle. I thought that they'd come out of the gates and they'd play hard and that the connection would be there because Harden wanted Russ there. So I was high on Houston and they're playing exactly what I thought. And they're doing exactly what I thought they'd do. They're playing ball. They're putting up big numbers. And they're winning games. And they have what I feel and what I've seen argued and what a lot of other people are seeing. And that is that they have the best scorer in the league right now in James Harden. I mean, James Harden 
is doing stuff. I don't want to say that we've never seen, but that's very rare. And his three-point shooting ability, I mean, when I watch him, I'm just kind of like, I'm I'm amazed. I'm like, wait, wait, did he just hit that? And, oh, he was fouled, and he was double-covered, and did he, wait, wait, did he just hit that on one leg? Like, stuff where you just kind of, you're sitting back, and you're like, did I really just witness what he just did? And he's averaging 39 points per game right now. 39. And I personally will not be shocked if he finishes the season somewhere around that number. Now, I'm sure that it'll probably drop because there'll probably be some off games. You know, probably finish like 35, 36. But I think he's going to finish in the mid-30s in terms of points per game. Now, some people, like Jalen Rose, have said some absurd stuff like, I think he's going to have a 90-point game this season. Stop it. He's not going to have a 90-point game. He may drop 60. Maybe reach a 70-point. He's not going to drop 90. But what he's doing is just out of this world. And so I think he's going to finish somewhere in the mid-30s in terms of points per game. And the really encouraging part for the Houston Rockets is that Russell Westbrook seems to be okay with it. Like, he hasn't come out to the media. He hasn't gone out on social media and said anything or ranted. It's not like they're like asking him, like, oh, what do you think of you know James Harden? And he's like, well, I think he needs to share the ball. or I want No, he's, he's fine. I haven't, I mean, unless I'm missing something, I haven't heard anything too far out of this world or too like extreme to where he's complaining. He seems to be okay with his role. And it's not like Russell Westbrook's playing bad basketball. He's he has 21 8 and 7 stat line this year, which is respectable. I mean, that's all-star numbers. So, that's what I think is so interesting is that yeah, Harden's averaging 39 points per game, but Russell Westbrook is just his normal self. He's just playing well and he just has another guy on the team who's happened to scoring more than him, which ever since KD left in OKC, I mean, he didn't he was really that guy. They had Paul George, but Russell Westbrook was still really that big name. So, that's what I think is the really interesting part about this storyline. And Clint Capella must have heard my calls a few weeks ago about rebounding in my last podcast because I was complaining because Russ was averaging 9 and Capella was averaging, I think it was like 7 or 8. Like, Russ was averaging the most rebound on the team. And I said, that can happen. Clint Capella, you got to back out more. You got to be more aggressive and you got to go start grabbing more rebounds. Well, he's up to 13 rebounds a game. It's just a lot more like it, and I love seeing that from your big man. That goes along with 14 points a game as well. So he's doing exactly what they paid him to do. He's scoring about 14, 15 points and grabbing double-digit rebounds, which is what you need from your big man. So I really like Clint Capella and what he's doing for this team as well. And the thing about them is that they're missing two solid role guys. Danwell House and Eric Gordon have both been injured You know, recently. They haven't been out for the whole year, but they missed the past few games, and... They've been able to maintain this winning record. And those are two guys that help this team. Those aren't just two bums who come off the bench and it's like, and eh, we can take them or leave them. Like They help the team a lot. And they've been injured and they've been out. And the Rockets have been able to maintain this eight-game win streak, which is super impressive and can also be kind of scary because they're not even fully healthy and they're winning eight straight games. So the NBA has got to be careful because they get fully healthy if Harden gets cooking, House comes back and does his thing. Eric Gordon comes off the bench. You know, if Austin Rivers has a game here or there, Russell Westbrook, he's going to get his triple doubles occasionally. Clint Capella's doing his thing. P.J. Tucker on the defensive end, 
he's he'll get better. I mean, they've been a little you know floppy with defense occasionally, but their defense will come around. So NBA's got to be careful. Do I think that they'll win the title this year? Not necessarily, but I think they can be extremely dangerous. And at this point in the season, I can't roll them out. Like I'm not gonna say, oh, they're just they're playing. No, like they have a legit shot at this point in the season to win the title. Now things could happen. Harden could get hurt, or Russ could drop off, or other things could happen. I understand that, but the way that it's looking so far, the Houston Rockets are legit title contenders. And they can be extremely dangerous, and I absolutely love what I'm seeing from the Houston Rockets so far this season. Finally, I want to touch on the Carmelo Anthony signing and give my two cents about it. And before I go into it, I really, really don't want anybody to think that I'm hating on him or that I'm not happy for him, because I am. Because it's going to sound a little harsh the things that I have to say, but I am happy that he's back in the league. So don't think that I, like... I'm completely bashing him and that I don't want him there. Because I do think that he still deserves to be in the league. I think that he can still play. And here's the thing about it. Is that all of the fans wanted Carmelo Anthony back in the league. And all the players did too. I mean, LeBron James tweeted out about it. How happy he was that Carmelo was back. And if you didn't know, he signed with the Portland Trailblazers. And he made his debut last night. And the signing, I think, could help them down the road. Like, I don't think that this is going to be a signing that was just a publicity stunner just to get him back in the league. Like, I think that he could legitimately help this team down the road. Now, obviously, Portland is struggling early on. They're not looking too good. Could he help them get back into the playoff hunt? I think that he can. And he's got to be willing to share the ball and accept a potential bench role. Like, he's got to be able to accept his role and stuff. And so, let me look at two. He debuted last night against the Pelicans, so let's look into that and the stats of the game and everything that went down. So first of all, he wasn't supposed to start, but Damian Lillard had back spasms and he was out, so they threw him in there. That's why one reason, another reason he probably started is because Portland probably wanted to build up the hype and wanted to, you know, have people tune in and get views and sell gear. Like, I get all that. Carmelo Anthony's back. It's been a year. Like, I get that there's the hype there so you want to you know play on top of that hype and raise sales and do what you can because i mean it's a business that's what you do you build up on hype and you sell when you can and my first thought when they signed him is that okay he's there but he has to be willing to come off the bench and be and you know accept that he's probably going to be between 15 and 20 minutes a game because that's what he is if he wants to be successful like he's got to accept that that he's not some starter who's going to be playing 30, 35 minutes a game because that's not him anymore. So I'm going to look into his stat line from last night. He played 24 minutes. He shot 4-14, not great. Four rebounds, no assists. Shocker there. Five fouls, five turnovers. And here's the concerning part about the signing already, and we're just one game into his Portland career. He had a game-worst minus 20. If you don't know what that means, that means that when he was on the floor... His team was outscored by 20 points, and that was a game worse. Now, look, like, I get it. It's obvious. He's been out of the league for a year. Like, he hasn't been playing. Yeah, he's been shooting around. He's been staying fit. He's been staying in NBA game shape. But that's completely different than playing an NBA game. So I give him a pass for tonight because it's been his first game in almost a year. So I don't want to completely slam him for that stat line. 
But, like, this can't be a night in and night out kind of thing. Like, you can't be shooting that bad. You can't have that plus minus. You can't nearly foul out. The assists have always been something that really hasn't come to him. But having no assists and five turnovers cannot happen. Like, it may not seem like a ton of turnovers, but with no assists, you're not passing the ball, and you're turning it over, that's going to hurt a team. And so, if this is his average stat line, if he's going to do this night in and night out, oh, and I forgot to give, sorry, looking back at that, I forgot to give, he shot 4-14 with 10 points. So, he got 10 points in that game. But like I was saying, if he's going to do this night in and night out, they're going to cut him and move on. They're going to say, well, we signed him, we gave him a chance, He didn't live up to what we need him to do, and he's out. So he has to do better than that. And like I said, I get it. It's your first game. I give you a pass for that. And now Damian Lillard was out, and he'll be back because it wasn't like a serious injury. It was just back spasms. So he will most likely go to the bench, and that would be my guess is that they'll move him to the bench. And he's got to accept that role. I mean, he's got to be willing to accept that he's a bench player. And let's just say... This is a stat line that really, for me, wouldn't cut it. Say he gets 20 minutes a game. 7 points, 30% shooting, and 3 boards, maybe an assist if he gets there, and like 5 or 6 turnovers a game. Like For me, that's a stat line that's not going to cut it. Like that, You need to do better than that to stay on this team and have a chance to stay in this league. And I get that he was a bench player, but still, like I would like to see, because of all the talk about you and the hype about you, I'd like to see somewhere around... 10 points, maybe 40% shooting, get those boards up a little bit, maybe a couple assists and bring down those turnovers. And if they want him to start, like that sure as heck will not do it if you want him to be a starter. Like he's got to play better than he did last night if he wants to start somewhere. And like I said in the beginning, like I don't want to completely slam Melo because I have respect for him and what he's doing, but... If it's going to be more this kind of the same as OKC in Houston where he was his past two stops, like he's not going to last long. And he's got to make sacrifices, and he's got to be willing to play the role that they want him. If they want him to start and play 30 minutes one night, like that's great. Like Let him do that. But if there's a game that they have and they don't really like the matchup with you playing on another guy, and they're like, hey, we only want you to play 10 to 15, you can't get frustrated. Like You have to understand that there might be nights like that, and you got to accept that. So you got to be willing to make sacrifices. So, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm cheering for Carmelo Anthony. I'm happy he's back in the league. I'm like most people. I think that he deserves a role in the league, so I'm happy that he's back. But I just I don't want to see the same thing that we saw in Houston where he played 10 games and then was out, and then he was done for a league. Like, I want him to be successful. I want him to compete for a ring, and I really think that he can do that. So I want him to... Be able to accept any role that they need from him. And I want to see Carmelo Anthony compete for a ring. Because I think that he does have potential. And that's really the one knock on him. Is that he doesn't have a championship ring. So for me, my advice to Melo. Which obviously this means nothing. Because he probably won't hear this. And I'm just a 20 year old making a podcast. But my advice to Carmelo. Is you got to make sacrifices. And realize that you are no longer prime Carmelo Anthony if you want to continue to be successful in this league at your age. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me for the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. Like I said, we always appreciate all the support. The store is up now. It's on bonfire.com. Just look up Bushy Baller Brand. 
this Friday for a week. I'm going to throw up some Black Friday deals. So don't forget to check those out. Go out and check out Black Friday deals on the gear that we have. We got hoodies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, crew necks, all those things. So don't forget to get your Bushy Baller brand gear to get it in time for Christmas. Like I always say, huge shout out to Brady and AC for our song for both the opening and closing. We always appreciate the support there. And we're looking to expand the podcast. We're on Spotify now because that's how you're listening to it. But we did apply to have it on iHeartRadio as well. So we're looking to expand the audience and the platforms that we're on in order to get more views and expand the brand as well. Don't forget to check out the website as well. We got Baseline and we got The Scoop, two different blogs. They've been a little dry early on, but again, we are college students and we got classes, so we can't always put content out, but we're doing our best. So thanks for being patient and supporting us. Until next time, I am Bushy White. Thank you for tuning in to the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Facing this mirror, I see his image more clearer Going against me, I dare you I'm fearless, I will not fear you They told me I'll be a failure Not for my time, I'm a billion Attacking tracks like a killer And killing, making a thriller I've been on some different All this swag, I'm dripping